Welcome to Otakada Motivational Stories for the Marketplace. This is series 15 of 52 in School of the Holy Spirit Training Part 4. And today's topic covers identifying the physical and spiritual senses and common ways we can engage with the Holy Spirit plus activating the gift of the Holy Spirit and spiritual sensitivity during personal prayer. Today's date is March 18, 2020. You can get the full copy of this uh, blog on otakada.org. But for now, before we begin, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege of uh, sharing your word together with your people. Thank you, Lord, for the death upon the cross of Calvary. Thank you for the gift of access that we have to the throne room. And so, Lord, we present our spirit, soul, and body to you even right now. We ask that it to be in alignment with you also, Lord God. We ask that as we go through this word, may our lives be transformed. May our actions and steps be in line with that which profits your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So, at Otakada, we bring you over 2 million contents for all-round success for your spirit, soul, and your body all in one place. If you missed the series 14 of 52 on two spiritual kingdoms and constitution of the kingdom of God, then you can uh, check on the website as well. That's there for you to uh, pick up. Today in part four of the School of the Spirit series, we explore identifying the physical and spiritual senses and common ways we can engage with the Holy Spirit. Plus, activating the gift of the Holy Spirit and spiritual sensitivity during personal prayer. The scripture says in Romans chapter 8, 14, that as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 6, that whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, Now about the gift of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. In Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, before the fall of man, the spirit dominated man's actions, while the flesh took backstage to the intent that God could come down and walk amongst men, discussing, communing intimately with them. You can pick this up by reading Genesis 3 verse 8, where it says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among trees of the garden. After the unfortunate fall, man died, his spiritual sensitivity died, and the flesh took center stage. Ever since the fall, man has used every means possible to regain and rule in the realm of the spirit by excluding God. Man has gained to some extent in mastering the spirit-soul connection to influence outcomes. These successes have limits and are largely through the human spirit and the kingdom of darkness. We see a typical example in the construction of the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11 verses 1 to 9. We see expressions in metaphysical practices, occult practices, Eastern religious practices, transcendental meditation, and other means to build castles for themselves outside God's counsel and leading. Some have unwittingly played into the hands of the kingdom of darkness by such practices for short-term gain. It all starts well with great promises of what we can be and what you can get and results are evident and short-lived but at the expense of their souls. 
Let's take a read from Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 to 6. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing the difference between God and good and evil, and blessing and calamity. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, in brackets, suitable, pleasant for food, that it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she gave some also to her husband, and he ate. When the Holy Spirit promised by God through prophet Joel in Joel 2, 28-31 and Acts 1, 8 and fulfilled in Acts 2, 14-22, the Spirit took center stage in born-again believers who are baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, why is it that born-again believers are unable to engage the Holy Spirit? It could be because of wrong teaching or no teaching at all or our desire to still rule our lives. Just like everything else in life, including spiritual things, we have to be open to learn, keep learning and apply. We teach everything else but not the working and ways of the Holy Spirit. And that's a grand plan of the evil evil one which we must annul both in prayer and in action. We need to be able to communicate with the Holy Spirit for our personal meditation and to serve others. There are so many examples of people in the Bible, both old and new, that have dialogued with God, ordinary people, from Noah to Abraham to Hagar, the Egyptian slave girl, David, Moses, Gideon, and others. A very good example for us today is Brother Ananias in Acts chapter 9 from verses 10 to 18. He was an ordinary disciple like many of us. He had a one-on-one dialogue with Jesus concerning Paul. God used him to minister healing and baptism in the Spirit to Paul. He operated in several gifts by the help of the Holy Spirit namely word of knowledge, descending of spirit, word of wisdom, prophetic utterance, faith, healing, name it. Notice how the miracle happened. Revelation from God on what to do, plus word spoken based on what he heard, plus active faith which resulted in manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the, sen- look at the senses and how information flows plus activation of the gift of the Spirit. The gift of descending of spirit is one of the more perplexing spiritual gifts. So let's clarify some language about seeing in the spirit. Descending of spirit is a gift of the Holy Spirit found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Seeing in the spirit is just one way that descending of spirit functions. Seers are those that typically function in a high level of descending of spirit, usually through spiritual sight. Now let's talk about descending of spirit a little bit more. The gift of descending of spirit is a communication gift through which the Holy Spirit makes us aware of our spiritual atmosphere and environment around us. The main way that this function is, uh, function is through our five spiritual senses that God plays within each of us. To understand how we function in descending of spirit, we must understand our spiritual senses. Most people only realize that they have five physical senses. The truth is that we have three sets of five senses. Science has demonstrated that the physical body has five senses that enables us to interact with the environment. Taste, touch, smell, sight, and sound. In addition to our five physical senses, every person has five senses in their soul and five senses in their spirit. 
May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you true and true. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, New International Version, we read the account. So it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. In Matthew 22, 37 to 40, 40 we read uh, also, Jesus said to him, We shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Scripture has many verses that show that we are a three-part being consisting of the spirit, soul, and body. Let's look at soul senses. Experience and culture dictate our own individual reaction to taste, touch, smell, sound, and sight through our soul. For example, smell brings back memories. If I were to give flowers to one individual, it may bring back good memories like flowers from a wedding. But if I gave the same flowers to another person, it may bring back bad memories from a funeral. This is not a physical reaction to the flowers or their smell. It's a reaction from the individual soul. If two people are walking together and they cross the path of a dog, one individual may like dogs and begin to pet the dog. However, the second person may be afraid and begin to feel uncomfortable. This is also a response from the individual soul senses. The way we see the world and the way we hear others is affected by the condition of our soul. Also, the willingness to touch certain things like a snake may be easy for some or terrifying for others, depending on the condition of the soul. Even the taste of some foods will bring varied responses from different people. This human soul has senses just like the physical body. Each category of senses has a realm that it interacts with the physical uh, with. The physical senses interact with the physical realm. The soul senses interact with the interpersonal realm. And the spirit has senses that interact with the spiritual realm. Spiritual senses. Let's look at that. Spirit senses. The author, Dr. Harold Ebele, offers great insight regarding our spiritual senses. He says, and I quote, Just as we have five senses that provide us with information about the physical world, we also have senses in touch with the spiritual world. The spiritual senses are just as important as the physical senses. Unfortunately, most of us have not developed our spiritual senses. Many Christians do not even believe they have any spiritual senses. I like to ask them, has the evil, has the devil ever tempted you? Of course the answer, yes. And I like to say, well, how did you hear the devil? You could not hear him if you did not have spiritual ears. It is sad, but many people have more faith that the devil talks to us than that God talks to us. In reality, the Bible makes it clear that we all have spiritual eyes and ears. When Elijah prayed for his servant, he did not pray for God to give him eyes, but he prayed that God would open up his eyes. You could get this account in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul did not pray for the saints to receive eyes, but for God to open the eyes of their hearts. We already have spiritual eyes and ears. What we need is to have them opened. We need to become sensitive. It is a fact that we have senses in our spirit through which we interact with the spiritual. 
when the gift of descending of spirit is functioning, it is through these spiritual senses that we receive communication. In human communication, the two main senses we use most often for relating information are sound and sight. Communication in the natural is received through listening as well as through body language and facial expressions. God also communicates through the other three senses, taste, touch, and smell. But most, most of the time, he will speak through seeing and hearing. Because the spiritual senses of taste, smell, and touch are the least understood, the following examples show how an occasion, on occasion God may speak to us through these senses. Taste, for instance, in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, we read in this, this account, And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you, and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tastes as sweet as honey in my mouth. If we suddenly taste something sweet, sour or salty, but the taste is not a result of anything we have physically had to eat or drink, we should ask the Lord if he is trying to speak to us. On occasion, in the Old Testament, God spoke to his prophets through experiencing his spiritual taste. Let's look at touch. As Jesus was on his way, the crowd almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus says, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. This account is in Luke chapter 8, 43, 46. This is a great example of the difference between physical touch and spiritual touch. According to this story, Jesus was almost physically crushed. But when someone reached out and drew healing power out from his spirit, he declared that someone had touched him, speaking spiritually, of course. Bible examples of direct to direct spirit-to-spirit communication in the Bible. Uh, the first one is Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. Habakkuk says, I will stand my watch and see myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. He positioned himself to be still and quiet. He took time to wait for God to speak. He was able to discern the voice of the Lord speaking. God spoke to him by way of a vision, an inner picture. Second account of direct to direct, direct spirit to spirit communication is in 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 10. Uh, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel says, speak for your servant is listening. What happened here? He positioned himself to be still and quiet. That is Samuel. He took time to wait for God to speak. He needed instruction on how to recognize the voice of the Lord. The third account is Mark chapter 2 verse 8. But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Jesus continually listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He perceived in his spirit what the Pharisees were thinking. The Holy Spirit communicated with him spirit to spirit. The next account in D is Acts chapter 14 verse 9. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. 
As Paul fixed his attention on the man, the Holy Spirit spoke into his spirit. He realized the man had faith for a miracle and acted to bring it about. Common ways the Holy Spirit communicates directly with us. Number one, seeing. A spontaneous mental picture or image prompted by the Holy Spirit, that's one option. It may come as a still or moving picture displayed within the mind. It may come as a written word or group of words displayed within the mind. It may be instantaneous or it may develop slowly like a Polaroid photo. It may take practice with a brief period of trial and error, learning to determine which images are from the Holy Spirit. The second is hearing. So we talked about seeing. Next is hearing. And how does it communicate through hearing? God may speak with an outer audible voice heard physically by your ears. And that's First Samuel chapter 3, verse 4 uh, to 10, verses 4 to 10, which we gave account earlier. God may speak through an inner audible voice that seems very clear and seems to come from within you. God will most often speak with a still small voice in our thoughts. You can read that account in 1 Kings chapter 19, okay, from verse 11. His voice comes from within as a spontaneous thought that interrupts our thoughts. It may be just a single word indicating some need. Many people struggle with this, i.e., was that my thought or was that from the Lord? The third option is feeling. God may speak to you through inner impressions. The impression may come as an inner knowing. The impression may come as an inner peace or as an agitation. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 reads, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Rule to be an umpire in a game and blow the whistle, to decide, determine what should happen, to direct, control, rule the impression, or feeling may be released or restrained. Another way is inspired writing. In First Corinthians chapter, uh, Chronicles chapter 28, verse 19, David writes this account. All this said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me all the words of this plan. In a nutshell, the Spirit of God gave revelation to David concerning the temple design. God did it by guiding his hand as he wrote, i.e. inspired writing. Other ways revelation is re uh, received. First, visions. In Acts chapter 16, verses 9 to 10, we see this account. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. The other way you see visions is through open vision, like watching a scene upon uh, open up before your eyes. Your eyes are open and you can still see the natural surrounding, but the spiritual vision is superimposed upon it. It may be still or moving. Next is closed vision. Your eyes are closed and you receive a mental picture on the screen of your imagination. Other ways revelation is received is through trances. In Acts chapter 10, 9 to 10, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and led down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the earth. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. 
That's Acts chapter 22, verse 17 as well. Now, we can also, other ways we receive revelation is through dreams. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. See also Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. In uh, Joseph's case, Matthew 27, verse 19, Pilate's wife. Uh, the other ways that uh, we receive communic- revelation is through angelic visitations. In Acts chapter 8, verse 27, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. See also Luke chapter 1, verse 28. Mary's story, Acts chapter 5, verse 19, and Peter's story. Another way uh, we receive revelation is through uh, visitations. In Revelation chapter 1, 12 to 15, we read this account uh, in, jo- in John's uh, case when he was in the Isle of Patmos. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and gathered about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like, the fine, like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. See also Genesis chapter 18, verse 1, in Abraham's case, and uh, Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. The other way we receive revelation is through trans, uh, translated in the Spirit, through translations in the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to 4, I read this account. It is doubtless that not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. How he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. See also for further examples in Second Kings chapter 5, verse 26. This is in Elijah's case. You can also receive revelation through transport transportation in the spirit let's look at ezekiel chapter 8 verse 2 to 4 then i looked and there was a likeness like the appearance of fire from the appearance of his waist and downward fire from his waist and upward like the appearance of brightness like the color of amber he stretched out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my hair and the spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in visions of god to jerusalem to the door of the north gate of the inner court, where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes to jealousy. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, like the vision that I saw in the plain. Other examples, you can check this up in First Kings chapter 18, verse 11, verses 11 to 12, and Elijah, that's in Elijah's case, and Acts chapter 8, verse 39, that is Philip's case. So why is it that some people struggle to receive uh, Uh, visions and dreams spiritual sensitivity can be developed 
key verse here is Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Insight. Use a habit, something practiced constantly. Exercise to train or practice for an Olympic competition. This requires that people remove anything that will hinder them performing their best. So natural senses. Every person has five natural senses, sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smell. With our five senses, we connect with the natural world. Information from our five senses is communicated into our brain, where the information is stored in the memory bank of experiences we recall. As we build up a range of experiences, we can quickly identify what our five senses are picking up, e.g. a mother easily recognizes the voice of her child crying in a room full of crying children. Spirit sensations. Human beings are spirit beings living in a body. Every person has spiritual senses which enables us to be aware of the spirit world around us. Our spiritual senses can extend beyond the body and can become aware of spiritual atmosphere created by people by demons or by spirit of God. Unsafe people call this the sixth sense. It is really your spirit man. How you process sensations. Information from your natural senses enter your soul and is processed by your mind through comparing with previous experiences and by reasoning. Information from your spiritual senses enters your soul as a spontaneous picture, thought or impression and is processed by your mind. Until the mind has been trained to recognize and yield to spiritual impressions from the Holy Spirit, it tends to reason them away or ignore them. As the mind is renewed by the Word of God, it can be trained to be sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and obey His voice in simple faith. We need to learn to receive impression. We need to learn to identify and evaluate them. We need to learn to inquire of the Holy Spirit for more detail. We need to learn to take a risk and step, speak or act on the impression. Now, extreme responses. Extreme number one, highly logical people may reason away all spiritual impressions. The left side of the brain dominates their mind and they reject all intuitive thoughts. They may be in bondage to spirits of unbelief, control and fear. The extreme case number two, where people struggle to hear God is intuitive people may respond to every impression without discerning what is God and what is not. People who have experienced rejection, abuse, or have been involved in occult practices are often deeply sensitive to impressions. They may lack discipline in evaluating their thinking processes. They may hide behind a false spirituality, constantly declaring that God told me. They may be resistant to feedback and view it as a further rejection. How to activate the gifts of the Spirit? Now, the gift of the Spirit can be activated. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6-7, we read this account to Timothy from Paul. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you to the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Insight here from this reading says we should stir up to rekindle a fire that was once burning brightly. To activate means to take practical steps that stir your faith, energize your spirit to be responsive to the Holy Spirit. Bible examples of activation of the gifts. In 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 15, Elijah stirred his gift with the help of a musician. In Judges 60, 20, 
16.20, verse 20, we read Samson's account, who stirred his gift by shaking himself. The gift of the Spirit can become dormant for five reasons. One, fear slash intimidation. You can read that in 2 Timothy 1.6. Unbelief, you can read that in Matthew 17.19-20. Controlling spirit, you can read that in Acts chapter 4.15-18. Passive Passivity, passivity, you can read that in Matthew 11, 12. Neglect, you can read that in 1 Timothy 4, 14. Feed your spirit, man. Key verse, 1 Timothy 4, 14 to 15 says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of, my, of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Inside. An important foundation for operating the gift of the Spirit is to cultivate a strong spirit life through worship, waiting on God, meditation, reading the Word of God, pursuing intimacy with God, obedience to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Practical keys to activating your spirit. Let's take them, about eight of them. Pray strongly in tongues to energize your spirit. Pray strongly and fluently until you feel your spirit stirred. As you pray in tongues, you are praying with your spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. As you pray in tongues, the Spirit of God is moving through you. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Faith expectations. You must have faith expectations. Expect the Spirit of God to speak to you. In uh, read, uh, 7, uh, John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. By 8, expectation draws the presence of the Holy Spirit. You need to focus. Focus your attention on listening for the voice of God. See Him speaking to you, walking through you. Don't let your mind be distracted or wander. To feel, you need to feel. Identify the impression that the Holy Spirit gives to you. Was it a word, a picture, or an impression within? Focus your attention on it. Look at it. Ask the Holy Spirit for more detail. Faith action. Speak out what it is that God has been revealing to you. Step out and act on what God has been showing you. The miracle does not take place until you put yourself in a place of risk. As you speak and act on what you have received, the Holy Spirit will give you more or will act in a supernatural way. At some point, you have to take the risk and act upon what you feel the Holy Spirit is showing you. We have examples, about four examples uh, in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 29, we see Peter step out of the boat of the boat. And he walked on water. In Luke 17, 14, as the lepers went, they were cleansed. In Mark 6, 42, as he distributed the food, it multiplied. John 7, uh, 2, 7. Once the water boats were filled, the water changed into wine. Now let's take some activation exercise. Focus on the Lord. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5, 8. How pure does a person have to be to see God? I believe that the answer is in asking the right question. What is, what is meant by purity? The vast majority of believers hold the word pure as a moral standard that is unattainable. Jesus was speaking of purity as a key to seeing God, and I believe he told us this because it is attainable. To illustrate the meaning of pure, take gold as an example. When gold has been truly purified, it has had all the other elements removed from it. This process causes all the dross and the purities to come to the surface so it can be skimmed away. 
In the end, it produces gold that is one single element. Our hearts are sometimes cluttered with the dross of life. We must remove all the distractions so we can focus our whole heart on God. For us to have a pure heart, our heart must be focused. If we are to see God, then the one element our heart contains must be a focus on the Lord. When we focus our hearts on the Lord, we are aiming to come into experience of seeing God. The verse is clearer. If we read it this way, happy are those who focus their heart on God, for they will actually see God. Faith and the empty share. True story. This is a true story. It is a great illustration of what it means to focus your heart on God, on Jesus, using the eyes of your imagination. A man's daughter had asked the local minister to come and pray with her father. When the minister arrived, he found the man lying in bed with his head propped up on two pillows. An empty chair sat beside his bed. The minister assumed that the old man had been informed of his impending visit. I guess you were expecting me, he said. No. Who are you? said the father. I am the new minister at your church, he replied. When I saw the empty chair, I figured you knew I was going to show up. Oh yeah, the chair, said the bedridden man. Would you mind closing the door? Puzzled, the minister shut the door. I have never told anyone this, not even my daughter, said the man. But all of my life, I have never known how to pray. At church, I used to hear the preacher talk about prayer, but it went right over my head. It's not spooky because he promised I will be with you always. I abandoned any attempt at prayer, the old man continued. Until one day, about four years ago, my best friend said to me, Joe, prayer is just a simple matter of having a conversation with Jesus. Here is what I suggest. Sit down in a chair, place an empty chair in front of you, and in faith see Jesus in the chair. It's not spooky because he promised I will be with you always. Then just speak to him and listen in the same way you are doing with me right now. So I tried it and I've liked it so much that I do it a couple of hours every day. I'm careful though, if my daughter saw me talking to an empty chair, she'd either have a nervous breakdown or send me off to the funny farm. The minister was deeply moved by the story and encouraged the old man to continue on the journey. Then he prayed with him and returned to the church building. Two nights later, the daughter called to tell the minister that her daddy had died that afternoon. Did he die in peace? He asked. Yes. When I left the house about two o'clock, he called me over to his bedside, told me he loved me and kissed me on the cheek. When I got back from the store on an hour later, I found him dead. But there was something strange about his death. Apparently, just before Daddy died, he leaned over, leaned over and rested his head on the chair beside the bed. What do you make of that? The minister wiped a tear from his eye and said, I wish we all could go that, that way. For the exercise, we are going to talk to Jesus like the old man in the story uh, did. Take a moment to stop and close your eyes. Then, with your imagination, the picture of Jesus. Use Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. Um, or I am he who lives and has died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of hate and of death. Or Acts chapter 7 verse 50, 
5. But Stephen, overtaken with great faith, was full of the Holy Spirit. He fixed his gaze into the heavenly realm and saw the glory and splendor of God and Jesus who stood up at the right hand of God or any other scripture that can help you focus. Now engage in a conversation with him. If you cannot think of anything to say, you can always start by thanking him for the things he has done in your life. For example, salvation, physical healing, emotional freedom, baptism in the Holy Spirit, financial blessing, reconciliation with others, divine favor, deliverance, and the fruit of gifts of the Spirit. Do not forget to listen to the Lord speaking back to you. In our next post, we would post, we will look deeper into the area of meditation on the Word, which is in the secret place. So you can find links of our books, uh, the contents of our books on Atakada. You can also find our content guide for 2020. And uh, you can also get questions and answers on the Holy Spirit and the, uh, and the plan of salvation. So we pray for you that you experience all-round success this week and beyond as you are led by your closest friend, the Holy Spirit. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to share your word. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that that which has been spoken, it shall not return to us void. It shall go forward to the four winds of the earth and prosper to the purpose for which it has been sent and come back with a testimony in the name of Jesus Christ that lives will be transformed. Glory and honor will be given to your name. Thank you for answer prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen.